I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Guests appear on the Superbook Sports phone line. Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports Tennessee app today with Jason and John, live from the Topps Barbecue Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Riders on the storm Into this house we're born Into this world we're thrown The Little Bell Memphis Group at their real estate agency is here to help. They're the best team in Memphis when it comes to making you the most money for your home and educating and guiding you through the process. It can be a process. It can be a doozy. That's why you want to get the experts. Hire the experts. Roll with the experts in the real estate market. That's the Live Love Memphis team. They sold Jason's house. He couldn't even believe it. They've done a lot of magic over the years. They can do it for you. Reach out to them. Sold at LiveLoveMemphis.com. Don't interrupt my glory with your story. Okay? That's my story. Jennifer Carsonson sold my house. And John is right about one thing. I couldn't believe it. And apparently people don't believe her to this day when we say that she sold my house. She says it's one of the number one questions she gets. Did you really sell Jason's house? She's just making that up. Of course she did. Got it sold in six days. I can give you all the details. You want to DM me, I can tell you what she sold it for. I'll show you all her, her name on the papers and everything. She did it. She'll do it for you. Here, four years later, the market much different, and yet she can still show you the path to home ownership. That is, in fact, her mission is to lower rentership in Memphis. Rent's gone up 38% in the last year. To increase home ownership, she can show you the way. Stop letting fear hold you captive like it did for me so long. Call her, 901-625-5200. Again, 625-5200. Or you can email them at sold at livelovememphis.com. Again, that's sold at livelovememphis.com. It is the Live Love Memphis and Live Love DeSoto teams at the real estate agency. All right, it's noon. Let's do the rundown. Now, it's the rundown presented by explorestlouis.com. The biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story. Kendrick Davis, NBA player, huh? I think so. Spot for him there. It's, it's whether he's going to want that life, which I think we're talking backup point guard, and you can have a fine career. Look at look at Tyus. Mm-hmm. Um, or can you can you do better by going overseas, making money as a lead guy? Because he could be that too. 
Mm-hmm. Right, that's the choice for him. But I do think if he wants a, an NBA career as backup point guard, he's going to get it. Well, I, I think, and you know, because he makes the right plays. That's right, and he's a professional. Well, and like you could, I, I, you could always tell, like just in, in the way that guys talk too. Like he he has a professional demeanor. Yeah, he's a leader. Yeah, like he's got that. Um, you know, just that quote about DeAndre Williams. I mean, I, that's a professional basketball player quote. Sure is. You know, I I just you know there, there's a clear. There is a there is there are levels to it, you know, and I think his understanding of the game and his understanding of like you know psychology, is 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 top notch, uh, and I think that's important. I think you look around the NBA, I mean, you got to have a you got to have a good IQ, good basketball IQ to play in that league. Well, you also got to be able to get shot off. Let's be real too. The thing well, that's held against skill. him most is yeah. his size, and it doesn't matter. Kendrick's going to get his shot off against a six three, a six five. Yeah, like he's got that ability, whether the step back, whatever else. But back to your point, I think the reason you stay there is because he's 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 a pro's pro. Yep, he he's a leader. He's going to always make the right play. I was talking about this with Brad before the show. He's not flashy. Like he's not some guard that comes in and says, "Okay, I'm going to make the behind the back pass," or "I got to get them," you know, "I got to get everybody hyped up." He he just does it by making the right play, and he does it every single freaking time. Yep. And 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 that kind of mindset can get you there. Uh, again, I'm, I I point out to you, and we love Chris Chioza to death. He he's there because he makes the right play, right? He's in terms of having an NBA career as a backup guy. He's done it. If Chris Chioza can do it, Kendrick Davis can absolutely do it. He's a better scorer, number one. Than, than Chris Chioza. He's also a leader. So, I, you know, whether it's somebody's second unit or whatever else, I just see Kendrick Davis in the league if he wants to be, if he, if he wants it to be a long time. Otherwise, he can go over, overseas. I, I could guarantee he make a lot of money as a lead guard over there, too. Yeah. Um, He's tremendous. You know, look, I mean, you, you got you got to go uh, you got to go to the NBA because they're, they're packaged, man. They're packages. Uh, you know, your insurance and your 401K, like the match is crazy. Just right. the benefits of it. So if you can do that, because I think like they match 150 percent of your 401k or something like that, so it's insane. I mean, Let's get it, yeah, get as many years in as yeah, you can, exactly. and you get all of them in there. That's what you're going to do. Yeah, especially yeah. like I mean, that, like if you're Kendrick Davis, like that's something that you got to think about. You know, I mean, like Jason Tatum doesn't have to worry about that. Although I'm sure he's maxing out his 401k, but like a guy like Kendrick, whose spot is not going to be guaranteed forever. You know, those are the things that you have to like, okay, do I want to do this or I want to do that? I can always go overseas no matter what. I can always go there sure. anytime, you know. Um, Memphis does go down last night in Tuscaloosa, 91-88. Uh, tough game, hard-fought game. Um, you know, that is the one hallmark under Penny is like more times than not, they are they are up for these moments. They are up for these games, like historically. Think about those Houston games last year. On the road at Tennessee, um, you know St. Louis. They did get punched in the mouth, but they fought all the way back and made that a respectable game. Um, you know this one, Auburn on the road this year and two years ago. Like it is, it is a trait. It is a trait, and I do give Penny Hardaway credit for that. Like more, more than more often than not, those kids are ready to play in big on big stages, and that has just not always been the case for Memphis basketball teams. Like Josh, Josh's teams, dude. You had no idea. You had no idea what you were going to get game to game with, like on these types of stages. Like Memphis could jump out to a, you know, twenty six to ten lead, or they could be losing twenty six to ten. Like you just had no clue. It was a complete mystery, in terms of the preparation with 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 this team. And and look, I think a lot of it is probably function of experience. You know, Alo's been here forever. DeAndre's twenty seven. 
Kendrick's been in college forever. Like yeah. there is an experience layer to it that, you know, maybe past me Memphis teams have not had. But I do think it is a real credit to Penny is that like you know his teams are gonna are be are gonna be in these games. They're gonna they're gonna compete. You know, and I think that's a uh, eventually you know the variance does set in. You regress to the mean. You you pull out one of these. Um, but you, you know when you have when you're at the plate and you have the at bat, if you're within a possession. You know, nine out of ten times, you are going to come away with some victories. They didn't last night, but you know, who's to say they won't in the future if they're playing a Houston that close? You know. Yep. Uh, Damari Franklin, I just, I'm looking at it again. Eight points, six rebounds in just the 18 minutes, and you sensed it at the end of that game, especially when Kendrick was out as as a guy that can create for himself, that's not scared to go to the basket, but also has the ability to finish uh, through traffic, whatever else it is. That that's going to be big for this team that can, and we saw it. You know, after a pretty good start yesterday, which you start six zero, you go into a lull. They could just use another guy like that. So it feels like he's going to be again super important the rest of the way. Uh, I think we've laid out pretty much everything else. It, it's unfortunate the Dandridge injury is, but maybe with Young coming into the fold, you know that that helps offset that. You know, Mark brought up that point last segment about Jamar Young. You know, getting eligible, start a second semester, whatever. There's another body in terms of the transfer that can help you out inside. You know, it, it is. Here, here's the deal. Listen, Josh, for as much tournament success as he had, and, mm-hmm. and, and when you look back on it, you realize it was more than at the time than, than we thought it would. Here's the thing. You could never pin him down. I've probably said this once or twice, but I'm going to reiterate it. You could never pin him down on what they were. I want to go back to your point about how you never knew what to expect in big moments or big games. I just I'm talking about from a year to year philosophy standpoint. What are you? Are are you a team that thrives on on getting after people defensively? Are you a team that's going to run great offense? But what's your identity? And he would always say stuff like "open man, the go to man," like that was no. But with Penny, who doesn't back, back to the point, doesn't yet have the tournament success that Josh does. So I want, I want to make sure that you know Josh gets that. The identity is there. Yep. It's defensive. It's what we used to say about Cincy and everybody else. That, Virginia, the way they'll make it a rock fight on you in terms of defensively. The way you, sh- you get that every time just about out of this team. And back to your point, just bring it, bring it all the way home, that's going to keep you in most of these games, especially with as experienced as you are, being the you know 12th oldest team in college basketball, uh, essentially. So, listen, you know, they're fun to watch in a different way. I know Sane and some others don't like watching college basketball necessarily if you don't have NBA talent out there or, or hell, they'll shoot 38% from the floor. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. But I think you have to, even if you aren't a fan of college basketball, appreciate how hard Penny Hardaway has his teams playing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yes, particularly on the defensive end, but you saw it. John, they, they only had 10 turnovers last night. A lot of that's Kendrick Davis sort of setting the tone. I'm not going to do the flashy stuff, the stuff we don't need. I'm just going to make the right play. That rubs off. I think it's rubbed off on Alex and a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But um, Penny Hardaway coaching this team, again, it, it does feel like your, your your ceiling's limited, I feel like, John, because of the lack of shooting. I mean, that's just the truth. We said it going into the season. It hurt you, obviously, last night. But they are fun to watch because of how hard they play and because they have an identity. You have that now with your basketball program. They do have that. That's what we used to say about Cincy every year, year after year. Yep. You can say that about Memphis now, year after year. I they're going to get after you. Agree totally. Don't know what they're going to look like offensively, but they're going to get after you. No, I, 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 I totally agree. And, and 
you know, I think that's I would I would talk to coaches. You know, this was back when I covered the program like day to day, and it was all I did. I would talk to other coaches around the country who would say like, "What is Memphis?" You know, this is this is under Josh. Like, what 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 is Memphis? Like, what do they do? Exactly. And they would never know. You know, they would never I, they would never have a good answer. Like, they would say, "Oh, well, we know what Carolina's going to do. We know what Duke's going to do. We know what this team's going to do. But we don't know what Memphis's going to do." You know, now you do know what Memphis is going to do. You know, every damn game Memphis going to guard like they guard, bro. They guard like relentlessly. It's 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 honestly it's very impressive. It's it's fun to, to watch. It's fun with. to watch, and 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 it, and it says a lot about Penny. And it's kind of weird because like you you don't you, nobody ever thought of Penny as a great defender. Like that's not what you thought of Penny as. Mm. But but it is clearly what he is best at well, emphasizing. You talk about that Larry Brown influence. I know it was later on. Larry was with the Knicks at that yeah. point, but Larry was all about that defense. You know what I'm saying? He yeah, talked yeah, about that yeah. influence Larry had on when he's a player. Yeah, you know, and the, the importance of it. Yeah, so. You know, I think that's the thing. It's like you can now point like every time Memphis plays a basketball game, you know they're going to guard. It's very rare. I would like, I, I, and I'm a little disappointed in you that you did not have this stat pulled up. How many times has a team scored 90 on Memphis under Penny Hardaway? I would imagine not often. That has not happened very often. Don't be disappointed me. Well, I am. I think this is sort of your wheelhouse here. You're supposed to kind of have some numbers here. You're supposed to kind of have some things to throw at me. You don't. You left me totally out to dry in that regard, but that's no. They word. actually dropped in defense to twenty first. No, they put up. They let them. They let Alabama score ninety one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's gonna. That's that's natural. But so but, St. Louis got ninety. Alabama got ninety one. Anybody else gone over ninety on them in this time here? I guess two two this year. I I not off the top of my head. What was that Yale game? Dude, I thought you were sitting up there looking at a stat talking about. I'm surprised you didn't bring this to the table. Well, that's why I don't, I, I I wish you had it because I don't, Jason. You know, I mean, it, it, once again, just completely out to dry here. No one scored 90 on him last year. The, the most last year was, uh, man, old Tulane got 85 on him. That was the most last year. Uh, Yale had 102 on him. In, uh, Lord Jesus. I think that was his first season, though. I think that was 2018. This is before he'd installed That's right, yeah. The defense. Man, Yale came up in the Memphis and hung 100 on them folks, though. That's that, the old days. That's pretty impressive. No, he had, like, holdovers from Tubby, though, so that doesn't even count. Houston was 69 in the, the, the loss there. Well, no, excuse me, 59 in the loss there, 75 in the loss. No, 61 in the loss here. I'll get that right. Yeah, they didn't come close anymore. So, yeah. Uh, trying to go back through. So, it has not, it, so, the point is, Jason, it has not happened often is, is, is what we're saying here. That's because there's an identity, John, which I've already laid out. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not going to take my point and make I'm it any at, sharper. I'm looking at 2021 here. Um, nobody scored. 90 on Memphis in 2020-21. They didn't do it last year, like you said. So that's two seasons without scoring 90. I mean, 19-20. I mean, the point is is that it just does not happen. What's crazy is they scored 55 in the second half yesterday. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was, a, it was wild. Both teams scored 55 in the second half. That's 110. So that's an NBA half. I mean, it really is. That's what people like. I will say, and they couldn't hit a three to save their lives, and yet scored fifty-five points. Like I, I want to hear it about college basketball. That was a great college basketball game last night. That's well, that's why I want I want you to get on saying on Friday and make sure we hold him accountable. Well, no, he's going he's going to say he's going to say the same thing. His, again, his contention is, and I, I, I'm not going to be able to change his mind on this. Yes, you are. I'm you not can't lose to the number fourteen by three and be the he best says, sorry team in he, college but basketball. But when he says sorry, he doesn't mean like the product. He means the players. He means there's no NBA players. So and I'm sorry about Kendra Davis. And he may be an NBA player. And there ain't nothing sorry about DeAndre Williams. Now, Fran said everybody on that court was going to the league. Did, it, did Fran say that? It felt like it. I mean, everybody's got a future in the league. Mm-hmm. Well, I know Brandon Miller does. That dude. Whew. 
Sign me up, homie. What about Clowney? He's 6'10", 6'11". No, thanks. I don't you didn't like, like him? I think the rest of that team is, some, is mid as hell. I think he said Clowney was a pro. That team is mid. I, 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 we'll talk to Meyer Metcalf about it. See what he they're thinks. not mid. To me, outside of Brandon Miller, they're kind of mid. Dude, but, they rely on freshmen. That, but maybe, a lot of it. Maybe, that, and maybe so they'll just, be up. Maybe it's just the way it over the way guards, man. Maybe it's just the way. You know, they didn't make many threes last night. <clears throat> I think that's probably the difference there is, like, if that flips, it looks a lot different if they're making threes, obviously. But mm-hmm. they didn't last night. Anyway, Jason didn't bring much to the table during this story. Dude, I gave the whole – that's why you feel so guilty. You're trying to convince folks I didn't. No, I, okay, I made the best point that whole segment. I have a, uh, I have a very Again, soft pillow that I sleep on at night. Don't interrupt my glory with your story. All right, Dion. Michael Irvin. Next story. Memphis Grizzlies did not play last night, but they did move up in the Western Conference standings. And, in fact, they even moved up in the ESPN Power Rankings a couple spots to number four. We're talking about, are the Grizzlies contenders this year? You better believe they are. Jaron Jackson Jr., ladies and gentlemen, uh, we talked about it with Mark last segment, uh, is playing at the, to me, highest level he's ever played at, uh, leading the league in blocks per game. He'll get on the list once he's played enough games. Remember he did that last year. You're looking at a guy, my man Sane and I, last night on grind season, asking the question about whether or not he can be an all-star. He's certainly playing at an all-star level. You are in a West that's going to probably have you know, Jokic obviously, AD back in the in the mix as well. Zion will be in there. Uh, the point, you know, yeah, it'll be cl- maybe close for Jeremy. Maybe have a shot. I think Markinen too. Some are considering. Uh, but the point is that right now, him playing at All Star level has got you playing the sixth best defense in the NBA, and I think you're number ten offensively. You are now the hottest team in the NBA after last night, and that was the news that the Pelicans' seven game winning streak was snapped. Thank you. Utah, we mentioned Malik Beasley had a big game, five three-pointers in that one. I know the schedule's about to ramp up. You finish this homestand off, obviously, tomorrow night against Milwaukee, and then you're going to be on the road against Golden State. You're going to see Phoenix. We just went through the schedule with Mark, but it's st- it feels like. And, again, you've still got some things that aren't necessarily up to snuff. Zaire's still trying to catch up, right? You don't have Desmond Bain in there, but with the defense leading the way, I feel like the Grizzlies are about to – I'm with Dylan Brooks. He said this, what, a week and a half ago, that you are in a position right now, I think it's you, the Pelicans, and then there's a game and a half. Is it up to a game and a half? Might be just a game between you and Denver and the rest of the pack. This is where you can create some separation because of the way you're playing basketball right now, Mm -hmm. because of how good Jaw's playing right now, how good Jaron's playing right now. It feels like a chance, and I know we've looked ahead before and seen, okay, here's a a place to look like Grizzly will make a run, or or this is going to be a tough, and it it doesn't go that way. That's the NBA, but you're – you are you right now can dream big about this Memphis Grizzlies team and the and the realistic possibility that they are going to finish the season uh, as the best team in the West. Again, lot to prove. It's very important. You're eight and six against the West. Your much of your success this year has come against the East. You're ten and three. About to be prove it time after you get done with one of the best teams, one of the two best teams in the league, Milwaukee on Thursday. So, lot to like. Much like with the Tigers, just a lot to like with the Memphis Grizzlies, who, again, hottest team in the league, having won six straight. They'll look to extend it to seven uh, tomorrow against Milwaukee. Next story. Uh, We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Justin Fuente, who's going to be on the call. I believe, Brad, on the advertisement for this this game, it says these these broadcasts are going to be on Odyssey. So I'm not sure if... if, uh, 
you know, if that's true, but they have Odyssey listed as a partner. Odyssey here. has has purchased and partnered with some with some sponsors to have some streaming rights to some of these bowl games. Yeah. And and obviously is we're kind of in a I don't mean to bore the audience. Listen over the break, by the way. Like, I'm talking about Christmas week, and it's a little plug here for the radio station, especially during this day part, so we can hit them bonuses. Um, because, like, we're going to have all the bowl games. We're going to have the Liberty Bowl through ESPN. We're going to have this one. First the, Responder. Yeah, First Responder. Uh, several of them. Like, so you'll uh, hear Justin Fuente on 92.9. That's right, yeah. This game, uh, the game in Memphis, a lot of these yeah. games. It's a good time to listen. Yeah, so uh, how about that? So it'll be right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. That is exciting. Thank you for that. Uh, so we will talk to Justin Fuente about that, about getting into radio. I think this is sort of his first foray into See it. See if he remembers being on, if you don't mind, uh, it, 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 with me and, and doing Gary's or doing 92.9 that, that year. He may I, not even remember it. I, it look, Brad, I, I'll ask him, but I, you know, it makes me a little nervous because I don't want to embarrass you here, man. I, don't I, wanna, had, yeah, hey, I enjoy well, being yeah, embarrassed yeah, now yeah. and then. It's fine. Uh, but, yes, Justin Fuente is going to join us. We'll talk to him about getting into radio, getting into you know back into coaching, what that looks like. Was he involved in the North Texas gig? His thoughts on Memphis, all that and more. Stick around. Jason and John, 92.9 FM. Yes. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Once upon a time, Justin Fuente was the head coach for the University of Memphis football program. And coming up later this month, he is going to be on the radio broadcast, which you'll be able to hear right here on 92.9 FM ESPN for the first responder bowl, Memphis versus Utah State. He's joining us now. Coach, how you doing, man? I'm awesome. Uh, doing great. How are you? Life is good. So, so is this is this your first foray into the world of media? Yeah, kind of ironic, isn't it? It is. Um, I've been accused of having somewhat frosty relationship at times with the media, but uh, unjustly, unjustly accused, I would say. Yep. No, um, no, I, um, you know, I was literally just sitting with my folks, and I got a call from Brian Estridge, who's the voice of the Horned Frogs, PCU, who I knew from my time there, and he asked me if I'd be interested, and I said, uh, absolutely, you know? So um, I'm scheduled to do three games. I hope I get to do them all. Like, I still realize I could get fired after the first one. Good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I don't know if I'm any good or not. I know I'm, pre- I'm enjoying preparing for it, you know, but – um, I was actually found myself Dana Holgerson. I've got Houston um, in the in the first game, Houston and Louisiana. And Dana Holgerson had a press conference the other day, and they sent me a link 
So it was it was on Zoom, and I was actually in the press conference. <laughs> and Dana was sitting in his office, and like, and of course, Dana's pretty animated anyway. And I had my camera off and my and my mute off. I was just listening, but I could see Dana, and I, I was I mean, I was like immediately. I could just tell, like, Dana has 8 million things going on right now, right? Transfer portal, bowl prep, recruiting, all this stuff. And you could just, you could tell, and he did a great job of it all. But I knew exactly where he was coming from sitting there watching him. Kind of weird to be on this side of it. Yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. So so Memphis is going to be, it's not going to be your first one, but it'll be one of the three. Um, you know, it's an interesting time, and, and I don't know of anyone who has a more unique perspective of Memphis. There's... You know, been a lot of back and forth about, you know, the performance this season, but they are going to a bowl game. Just from what you've seen and, and uh, you know, what you know about the ins and outs of Memphis football, what do you make of, you know, their season and, and, and what Ryan Silverfield is doing? It is crazy to be asking you these questions as, like, an analyst, but, like, that, Coach, that is, that's what you are now. You know, these are the questions that come at you. <laughs> well, I, I, all I know is what I've seen on TV, and I've got to watch a lot of football um, this fall. And I think they're really close. I mean, from a coach's perspective, I watch them. They're well coached in all three phases of the game. And they, I mean, you take the, the Houston game. I mean, just an absolute gut punch, right? Just, I mean, you know, they really kicked Houston. I had Houston beat, I should say. And then it kind of fell apart there at the end. And it, you just feel for him as a person. But also, if you look at it as a coach, you think, you know, they obviously know what they're doing, okay? Like, they had a few things not go their way, and I know Memphis fans uh, want more, and, you know, I get that part of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I take a lot of pride in the fact they do want more because it wasn't very long ago. They just wanted you to show that you were competent, right? Yep. Like, my, my first year, we won four games, and I got a contract extension. That's how bad we were, and that was not that long ago, you know? So – I, I take pride in the fact that we have, um, you know, these expectations now. Um, I think we need to temper them a little bit, but I just think they're really close. They've got a really good quarterback. And, you know, looking at it from a coach's perspective, they, they know what they're doing. I like the way you still say we, Coach. What, what, do, you, what do you think about <laughs> – tell me what you think about Seth Henning and that quarterback that you mentioned, just having watched as much of him as you did this year. Oh, I love him. I think he's, he's – I'm not sure – how old is he? Is he a sophomore or – Going to be a junior. Yeah, he's a true sophomore. Junior. Yeah. True sophomore. Okay, that's right. Um, I think he's – I think he's really good. You know, I think he can continue to build around him and, and get some more skill play. You know, over the last couple of years, Memphis has been – almost had an embarrassment of riches in the skill positions. You know, when you start to think about the tailbacks that have come through there – and you think about the receivers that have come through there, I mean, it's, it rivals anybody in America. Okay, we're not just talking the American Conference. I'm talking about anyone, anywhere. And, um, you know, they're not quite at that level, but they're still really, really good. And I think they can continue, continue to surround him with one or two more pieces. I think they got a chance to be incredibly explosive offensively. We're talking to a future media star, Justin Fuente, here on the show. Um, when, when you were at Memphis, and you talk about it, I mean, you, you, we, we all know and remember how you know how dire that situation was. Was there a, a a game? Was there a moment? Was there like a recruiting victory where 
at that moment you knew, hey, we're going to flip this thing? Yeah, well, I, I never wavered. I would say this. I didn't know when or how it was going to look, but I knew we were going to get it done. I absolutely knew that. And there was a never a day where I said we weren't. But I will say this. When Sam Kraft chose to come to the University of Memphis, that was a big deal. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I think it was, it was, you know, his dad was a very good player there, but Sam had other opportunities. He's really the first player that really could have gone other places. That, that chose to stay home. And I think it was – part of it was Daryl Dickey. Daryl Dickey played a huge role in that turnaround. And part of it was, I think, there were a group of kids that, that in the, the community that maybe weren't – maybe they couldn't go to Alabama, but they were very good players and, and high-character kids that, kind of like what I alluded to, just wanted to see some level of competence, and they were willing to latch on. And Sam was the first one that really trusted us that, um, you know, he, basketball was a big deal for him. He trusted us that we would let him play basketball, that we would find a ways to make these things work, that we were in it for him. And um, he was the, the first one. And then the first moment on the field was we we're going into our third year, and um, we had a really rough schedule. I, I really didn't much care for our schedule. I mean, we had – we were at – um, Old Miss and at UCLA, and at the time UCLA was really good. Um, I wanted to play just one of those games, yep. not not two. And um, we go and we run the first play of the game on offense, and we call this RPO. And Paxton meshes the ball and throws an absolute deed that hits the receiver before my head can even turn to. Mm-hmm. To like see where the ball is supposed to go, it's already hit the receiver in the hands. And in that instant, in that moment, I thought we might have, some. you know, this this finally looks like a real a real football team. In that moment, we went on to lose that game closely, but had a really good season, and and the rest is kind of that was that was the UCLA game. Yeah, the UCLA game. Now, I remember yeah. that one because there was like. It was on the it was on the Pac-12 network, and like Memphis didn't get the Pac-12 network. There there were only like two bars in town where you could watch it. Everybody was like packing in, <laughs> but I, I remember that one too because you guys did compete against a and I and I and I and I and I remember having the same exact thought. Like, man, if they're doing this, you know, like maybe, you know, maybe maybe Justin is about to do this thing. So yeah, it's 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 interesting that you you mentioned that game because that's that was that did feel like a turnaround. Well, the kids competed and they weren't shocked. You know, I, you know, sometimes, and that was the, one of the things that was interesting when you start to talk about the, the mind of a player that, that hasn't been very good or that, that teams haven't had success. There's this huge hurdle of trying to get over, you know, actually really, we call it real self-confidence, actually believing that you're going to find a way to get something done. And our guys played in that game, and we lost, but um, they were really talented, particularly, well, really on both sides of the ball, UCLA was, but – um, we weren't shocked. Like, like, like we didn't. We weren't in the middle of the second quarter and everybody's freaking out because it was a real ball game. Like we were focused and playing, and that kind of led me to feel like we might have something. Well, coach, as media, as media now, now that you're one of us, you and you and you know the Memphis media. You know, hell, you know the characters and all the players in it. I, I just, I, I wonder. You know, one of the things we talk about, radio, media members, oh, that coach was accessible. He gave us all the access in the world. Oh, I had a great relationship with him. As a football coach, how important or unimportant 
Is it a coach's relationship with the media as it relates to selling the program, access, all that? You're now, you've been on both sides of it. Is it important? Is it not important? No, it is. And I've screwed it up both ways, quite honestly. You know, like I've, 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 I've made, I made plenty of mistakes at Virginia Tech uh, concerning that part of it. And um, I tried to, it was kind of interesting when we got to Memphis, everybody was upset because there was no, I don't know what the actual rules are, but there's very limited accessibility. Well, then I made it accessible and nobody came anyway. <laughs> like, we were, we were yeah. so bad. Nobody really came anyway, but they just, I felt like, I felt like by and large, they just wanted to know they could if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And um, so it is an element of it. And, and, you know, one of the things that we had, and when I say we, I mean my wife and I and my, my young family when we were in Memphis, is there were people that looked out for us in terms of easy wins for us that I think are so important for a coach, whether that was Daryl Dickey, um, whether that was Brad Martin, um, whether, whether that was various people throughout the community that looked out for us and said, hey, Justin, you may want to do this. It won't be that hard, but you'll enjoy it. Yeah. And um, I, think, I think it'll be good for your program. And we did all of those. And to be honest with you, I had a blast doing them. I really did. The, people ask me all the time the best part of living in Memphis, and it's the easiest answer ever is the people. The best, most intelligent, most caring, loving, passionate people uh, live in Memphis. And um, that, was the, that was the part that I grew to really, really love. And I took my next job at Virginia Tech, and it was a completely dem- different demographic in terms of none of those people lived in Blacksburg. Mm. Like, they're all in northern Virginia. They're all in Richmond. Um, they're all in the Washington, D.C. area. Where in Memphis, it's just you. You know, like, you know, we you can talk about the location in Mississippi and where it is in the state of Tennessee, but it's basically just us, right? It's just Memphis. That's right. And that was a really cool part of it because all those people were accessible. And, um, you know, this is a long way for me to tell you, yes, I do. I do think those things are important, but you have to not let them become a distraction to your team. It's a delicate balance now. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes, it can become too much really quickly. We're talking to Justin Fuente here on the show, former University of Memphis coach, going to be on the radio broadcast as an analyst for the first responder bowl. Um, look, you know, we, we haven't talked since, um, but, but uh, you know, I, I, I made some really big predictions uh, about you and Virginia Tech, and, and look, I, I, will, I will hold those. I will gladly, and I would make them all over again. But as you've, as you've had some sort of time to – you know, reflect there at Virginia Tech, like, what didn't work? Yeah, well, I mean, there was a lot of things, and, you know, I've given this time to reflect on myself and ways I could have handled things. A lot of things changed during my time there in terms of how college football is run. It's not even remotely the same as it was my first year at Memphis. And, um and we tried our best to adapt to those things. Um, but, you know, I, I made some mistakes staffing-wise um, that right from the start that I should that I should have – that I knew after a little bit that I needed to change that I didn't change. And eventually I got it right, but it was a little bit late. And then COVID hit and all that sort of stuff. Our program was actually in really good shape. Um, and then COVID and, and all those sorts of things – came along and we didn't win as much the last couple of years as we should have, quite honestly. 
Um, but, you know, and then there's also a deal like there, there's a reason they say don't ever take the job after, after the guy, okay? And it has nothing to do with the previous guy, mm-hmm. okay? So, like, it, it has nothing to do with Frank Beamer. Frank Beamer lived in my neighborhood, was great, his wife's wonderful. It has nothing to do with him. It's just you have a place that's um, emboldened to do things a certain way for so long. It's very difficult to change. It's the people around that have a hard time doing something a little bit differently. I know when I took the Memphis job, it was basically people said, okay, we have not been very good. Tell us what you want. You know what I mean? That's basically the attitude when we took over at Memphis. We took over at Virginia Tech. It was a little bit more like, yep. yeah, we've been, we haven't been as good as we want to be the last couple of years, but this is kind of how we do things. And it was just a struggle. You know, those things add up and, yep. you know, you get some, you get, some of that stuff going, and it just it makes it hard. Well, uh, look, I have no doubt, uh, and my default setting as it relates to you has always been if you can achieve what you did at Memphis in as little a time as you did, you are undeniably a great coach. The question for you is, when are you going to do it again? Um, what I know your name did come up for North Texas. They made a hire. Um, you know, How do you approach getting back into the game of college football? Well, basically, I would boil it down to this. I've had some preliminary conversations with everyone. I'm really happy. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well connected at North Texas in terms of just knowing people and uh, where I live right now and so on and so forth. And, and I think they made a, a fantastic hire. I, I basically got to the point where I just knew that I couldn't make the commitment to get back into – I'm not talking about North Texas particularly, but anywhere – I couldn't make the commitment. I just couldn't get myself to say, I got really excited about jumping into a job. I got fired up about that, but I'm not, I couldn't get myself to the point where I was excited about three to five, you know, to seven years of, mm-hmm. of going to go do that. Because it's not a deal where you can just, you just take the job and if it doesn't work out, you just move on. Like you hire, you're like a corporation. You hire an entire group of people and their families. You, you can't walk away. You know, once you're in, you're, you're all the way in for the long haul. And I just couldn't bring myself to, to, to get to that point. It didn't have anything to do with the transfer portal or yeah. not loving coaching. I love coaching, and I think I'm a better coach right now in this moment than I've ever been in my entire life. I just, I just need to come to that place emotionally where I'm willing to give up the things that I've got right now, which is mm. time with my three young kids and mm. I'm at all of their games and, you know, really highly active in their life. Awesome. I just, I just wasn't really ready to, to give all that up. just yet. No, I, that, that totally makes sense. And, and God bless contracts, right? <laughs> God bless Certainly. college football contracts. Um, I got to ask you as a, as a, as a, you know, as a football coach, uh, we obviously lost, uh, you know, one of the most influential college football coaches in the game this week and in, in Mike Leach. Ha, ha, had you had any interactions with him? It feels like everybody, you know, and, and that is the mark of a great life, how many stories, you know, people have. Uh, have you had any interactions over the years with, with Coach Leach? Well, I tell you what, I'm glad you asked. I, I, in, in like 2000, I graduated college in 99, December of 99. So, like, in 2000, I'm knocking around, still trying to play. And uh, one of my old coaches says, why don't you come to the coaching convention, which is an incredible event. Okay, this one was in Atlanta, Georgia. So, basically, all the coaches from across the country come for three days and socialize. And when you're a guy that doesn't have a job, it's big time. 
Like you're going to get to see coaches and, you know, be in the same room as them or listen to them speak. It's really a cool deal. Well, long story short, my first coaching convention, I am a slap, right? Like I've never coached one. I coached powder puff in high school. That's the only coaching experience I have. I'm just a former player. And the only coaches I know are coaches I played for, okay, which is the, the staff at Murray state. That's now at Illinois state. Well, through a, a long twisting road that I'll skip, I end up in the back of a Honda Civic, okay, on one side, Mike Leach in the middle, and three other, okay, nondescript coaches about like myself driving through downtown Atlanta. Okay, Mike Leach at the time is the hottest name in America. Okay, he'd been the coordinator at the University of Oklahoma. He was now the head coach at Texas Tech. He'd been at Kentucky. This guy is somehow me, the, 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 just the biggest slap ever, is in the, crammed in the back of the car with, with Mike Leach. And I'm like, how did this, how did this happen? And he is sitting there, and he finds out I'm from Oklahoma, and he starts to talk about the Gundy brothers. And he goes into this story about Mike and Kale Gundy. Mike, the head coach at Oklahoma State. Kale uh, was at Oklahoma for a long time. And he goes into this deal about how he asked Mike and Kale's dad if he were to put Mike and Kale in a sack, who would win? And I'm like, <laughs> Coach Leach, a sack? And he's like, yeah, if we trapped him in a sack and, and have him go at it. Who would, and this is what he's talking to, like, the elder Gundy, like Mike Gundy's dad. And he's telling this story, and I don't know. I, at the time, I'm like, I, I don't even know how to – I don't even know – how to be in this conversation. And then he says, well, Mike, what if I gave you a hammer? If I gave Mike Gundy a hammer and Kale Gundy didn't have a hammer, how would they come out if they were in a sack and they were in a fight? And it's like 45 minutes of this story. And we get out of the car and I look at everybody else in the car and we're like, we just rode with Mike Leach and had a 45 minute conversation about the Gundy brothers fighting in a sack. And I have no idea if come to find out years later. No, I mean, um, no, Mike Leach wasn't drunk. He was just Mike Leach. He was just the most, uh, you know, kind of entertaining, fun-loving, non-combative um, guy that would ride in the back of the truck. He's the hottest coach in America. He's riding in the back of a Honda Civic with a bunch of slaps. I mean, that's him. It's awesome. Just incredible. Um, maybe one more story out of you, if we, if we can get it. I hope you remember it. Um, when you were here, there was a brash recruiting reporter working at the Commercial Appeal uh, by the name of John Martin, and you got very angry with him, at least I don't know all the details, over a story about Patera Wilson. Uh, can, you, yep. can, you, can you tell our listeners, as much as you remember about it, why you were so angry with young John Martin? I do. I remember everything about it. I actually, um, I'm in a little bit embarrassed to say, actually got on the phone, not with John, not just with John, but with John's editor. And the language, I, I was young. Wow. Okay, I would, never, I would never do this. But I was hot. I was really hot. And um, I'm happy to say John and I's relationship is in a much better place than Clearly. It was on that day. <laughs> Clearly. But, but I'll tell you what was cool. Was like, I mean, I was really mad because there was this article about how this, this kid had spurned Tulsa. I mean, excuse me, spurned us for Tulsa. When, in fact, you know, he it was kind of a little bit. He was probably a great kid, but it was probably a little bit of an internet hype deal for him recruiting wise. Like 
he maybe quite wasn't quite as good as as the internet said he was, and we weren't we weren't interested. And and to my to the best of my recollection, John wrote an article about how you know basically like, we got our ass kicked by Tulsa on this recruit. <laughs> at, least, at least that's how I took it. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. Well, so like I wanted to get a piece of I wanted a piece of John Martin's ass for that. I can tell you that. Much. So, uh, so like I said, I was a lot younger at the time. So I got John on the phone and, and let him have. It. And I'll tell you to his credit, like I mean, this is a guy that's hustling, trying to yes, sir. trying to make a name for himself. I'm really proud of of all that he's accomplished. And he and he basically said, you know, coach, if that's true, I I I, I might have messed that up, you know, which I I was a little bit. It kind of um, it took my temperature down real quick when he kind of just said, you know, if that's true, I'm sorry. You know, I, you know, that's not, wasn't my intention, you know, but I was, yes, I was, I was hot. I was it, it's kind of like, it's kind of <laughs> so like when awesome. you get called to the principal's office, you know, and then like, but then you become like one of the principal's favorites after that, you know, yeah, we, that's how about right. that? That's right. Yeah. You, you know, know like Kiwan Malone, Kiwan Malone was me and you and Kiwan Malone. Kiwan <laughs> is one of my favorite people on this entire planet. But he spent all the time in the principal's office. But he always had the right answer. You know, he always had the right Come answer. On. Yep. You know what really? What oh, really happened? What really? Because here's what here you're you you're you're like ninety percent of the way there. Your recall is pretty amazing. He had not yet yeah. picked Tulsa. He ultimately did pick oh. Tulsa. But the article was about uh, he had like a top five, and it didn't include Memphis. And he oh, said, "Oh, is that what it was?" And he yeah. said, "And he said." My parents don't want me to go there. It's what he said. Yeah, because uh, and, and 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 you were like, bro, we're not even, we're not even trying to get you here. Yeah. You know, like so. Right. It, unfortunately, it kind of made you guys look like you know look bad, whereas you aren't even interested. So it's kind of like we, right. I, you know, unintentionally threw you under the bus, you know, for for no apparent reason. But you know, that's well, that's the game, though. You I, know, and if you, and if you're gonna play it, you got to be willing to hey. That was my f up. That was my bad, you know, because we're all human and we're all, like you said, we're all just hustling and and nobody needs to take arrows when they don't deserve to take arrows, you know. So I was learning right. too. Well, like I, that's the deal when you're a coach. Like you're gonna screw things up anyway, right? So like you just don't want to take the arrow when you don't have to. And like you know, as I've gotten older, like I've often thought about that situation and how I handled it, and like a little embarrassed. Proud that I stood up for our program, but embarrassed mostly in the language that I used in standing up for our program. And I hope that I wouldn't do it the same way. But um, it's part of, like, when you take the job, like, it's time to go fight for the job. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you're all the way in, and you've yep. got to find a way. And I felt like we were getting some traction and some positive mojo or energy and Man, I'm sorry for jumping on you so hard. No, 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 no. That's not why we wanted. No, 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 no. He needed it. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. It was the right man at the right time. You know, that young man needed it. And I'll be honest with you. You know, it is that. It is that. And I, I happen to be the in the crosshairs in that particular incident. But it is that spirit and it is that fire that absolutely helped you build the program and turn that program no, around. No, no question because, about because without what that, it was rooted in. You know, yeah. it's like you said, at that time, like, you had to be able to, like, and be willing to put your dukes up. Because if you didn't, you were just yeah. going to get run over at Memphis at yeah. that time. I respect that. I know. And I'm telling you, every day of every day, 
Like for about two years, like I would just wake up and get as pissed off as humanly possible. And get ready to <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that was just the day. Like it was just like I, we are not going to lose this battle. You know, I don't care what's in our way. And we had a lot of help. Don't get me wrong. We had great help, tremendous help. But, you know, it was kind of that hunkered down, like, like you said, just roll your sleeves up and, like, put your dukes up. Not just roll your sleeves up and, and pick up a shovel, but, like, put, put your dukes up and go jump in the cage because every day is a battle. Hey, real quick before we get you out of here, we could do this, you know, all day. This has been, this has been fantastic. Unbelievable. College football playoff prediction. Who's winning? Uh, it's hard to, to not take Georgia. I mean, I, I, they, they might be head and shoulders above everybody else. I'm not sure. I mean, they're really, really good. Hey, Coach, uh, great stuff this was as awesome, always. Coach. Let, let's Thank do you. this. Uh, you know, hey, if you don't, uh, if you don't jump back in the the college football coaching side of it, we love to do this regularly. Now that you're in the media business, so appreciate the time as Thank always, you, Coach Justin Fuente. Hopefully, you heard us. Former University of Memphis uh, football coach. No, he jumped off there. I don't know. Oh, good man. It was uh, that was a great visit. That was a great visit. It sure and, was. And, and and I'm glad. It, it is hilarious to me because we've never we have. That's the first time we've actually talked about that. You know what He's I mean? great on radio. Let's just be very clear about it. He is. He comes through loud and clear. No doubt. And and, and a lot of people, um, <clears throat> a lot of people have, have sort of you know put out there and speculated that oh they that does not sound like a, a guy who does not love Memphis and then the community like oh, yeah. he was gushing about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty funny to to hear, <laughs> you know. And he did end up Patera did end up going to uh, to Tulsa, Tulsa. Mm-hmm. but that would, the the article was about his lack of interest in Memphis. And I, you know, again, I respect uh, the hell out of Justin for calling, you know, me directly about it. And and I, and yeah, I didn't know he called. Uh, I guess he called David. He or called David, the, the yeah. editor. I remember because David ooh, ooh, David texted me. David texted me and said, "Hey, you know, you've done you've done it." You've made the Memphis football coach really mad, and I said, "What? What's with it?" You know, because to me, it wasn't even like a. But then I was like, "Oh, okay, now I understand." And then Justin called me later, and he, you know, he started by, you know, I mean, he was lighting my ass up, you know, and I was like, "Okay, I'm listening, I'm listening, understanding." Look now, you know, look now. That is crazy how y'all's relationships gone. Yeah, one eighty. Definitely, I consider Justin a a good friend for sure. I love his energy level as now a media member. Oh yeah, now he's he's going up and down. He's dynamic. Like the stories were great. Before we hit the air, I talked to him for just a couple of minutes because it had been a decade. Yeah, and because I spent two hours with him in the studio, and we did a one hour meeting before he hit the radio, and that's when they sucked. They were not good. Yes. You can get anybody you want when they suck. For sure. When they're good, it's hard to get people on the radio. Yep. Uh, we did it with Porter. Turns out they sucked before and after Larry. No do, disrespect to Larry. Well, but he, he um, I asked him about what's it like not coaching. He It's easy to talk like that when you don't have a, a gun to your head, man. Well, yeah. And, I, I, a, I think he's been sandbagging us. I think he's always kind of had that. I think he's always had the ability to be, you know what yeah, I mean? But he can turn when you're up. When you're in the position, you know, you kind of have yeah. to keep it buttoned up a little bit. But, I loved your impression this morning on Jeff's show. I thought that was spot. Yeah, well, you uh, know. We didn't, we, we didn't get that from him today, though. No. He was very much not. That was football Fuente. Football Fuente is, oh, wow. Uh, you know. I don't know. You know, like, but but that's the beauty of it, right? He's yeah. he's, he's he's out of the grind. Exactly. You know what I mean? But but in all seriousness, like the way that and, and his, you know, him coming at me was 
how he was successful at Memphis. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. vibe. You have yeah. to aggressive. Be, go on the offensive. Yeah, yeah you, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. like defend your program. And I agree. That was. I get it, man. Like you can't. You you feel like you're finally building. You're building. Next thing you know, boom. Here comes a piece about a local kid that you're not even recruiting, by the way. And again, I've learned. I've I've learned some things since then. But a guy you're not even recruiting has taken shots at you, saying that he can't go there because his parents won't let him. So I completely, you know what I'm saying, respected that. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, uh, wherever he goes next, if whenever he chooses to get back into the game, I have no doubt that he is going to be successful. Oh, so yeah. appreciate him. Good get. Uh, yeah, really no, nice get, he was John. Very, he was very nice to do that. Uh, and, again, you can hear him on the, uh, on the broadcast. Uh, Memphis taking on Utah State here on 92.9 FM ESPN, the first responder bowl. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 